Hey, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of On Your Terms. I'm so excited to talk sales calls today because I was actually kind of surprised once I got into this episode. I started like geeking out and remembering um, what sales calls were like for me, and a lot of stuff came up. So originally, when I had planned this episode, I was just going to teach you like three things to avoid, and that was it. But instead, it really morphed into an episode where I teach you three things to avoid on sales calls for legal reasons, but also like your just mental health and sanity. But I also go into actually how I ran sales calls and how I used to get a lot of sales and, you know, what we call in the biz conversions. They, they were highly converting sales calls. They were very successful. And I do think that it's because over time I worked through the system and kind of came up with like not only the pre-qualifying and then like the onboarding to the sales call, but then actually how the sales call itself ran. And so in the end of this episode, I actually share with you all the questions I used to, the way I used to structure it, all the questions I used to ask them. And then I'm giving you all three of the email templates that I used to use to kind of onboard people to my sales call in addition to the video training that I shot for you um, on how to implement these and how to use them to really get on the phone with like highly qualified targeted leads so you're not wasting your time with boundary barging people, but also just not wasting your time period in your business because your time is very precious, both in your business and elsewhere. And so it's important to me, you know, that we're making the best use of this. So time is a very highly uh, non-renewable resource to you. And it's, it's very serious to me that you're using it the best way you possibly can in your business. So I'm really excited to dive into it. And in this week's episode, we're talking about whether you can give advice and like how you navigate the advice, like information education line on sales calls, about taking payments on sales calls, and even how to navigate those people who get onto a sales call and try to take the lead and how you can get more comfortable with really stepping into your power as a CEO, as the founder of your business, who's there to lead the conversation and really make an empowered sale if it's right for the both of you. So I'm very excited to get into this episode. Just a little behind the scenes update. I know that you'll you'll be listening to this as the holidays are approaching. So for most of November and December, I'm taking like pretty cozy. We're calling it hygge season here in the business, but I'm taking like pretty cozy time. I mean, I'm working a ton, I, I'll admit, but it's all like more behind the scenes stuff. And so I pulled the plug on any other, you know, live events that I had this year and promos outside of people hiring me to come in and speak to their groups and and like do trainings and schools and these kinds of things. But Otherwise, I'm not doing any sorts of live webinars or anything like that. You can always watch my free legal training, Five Steps to Legally Protect and Grow Your Online Business, down in the comments uh, or in the description. But I am not doing some of that outward-facing stuff. And so the idea is that I am kind of catching up on some super massive growth um, over the last year and a half. It's been kind of insane. And it's honestly just felt like I was keeping up for a lot of the last like year and a half plus, you know. So it's a lot of that and a lot of team, more team building. So I kind of a year ago had hardly anybody working for me, if anyone at all, to having like a full-fledged team of people. And that's only growing. And from what I can see and what I'm planning for, it's only going up from here. So it's pretty wild, I'll admit, but it's been a really, really fun ride. And I'm just extremely grateful for you being here and for you listening and sending kind messages and emails and all of the things. I love hearing from you. I love hearing whether you're listening to On Your Terms. So please tell me when you do. And if something's like impactful for you or you took something good away from it, it's so helpful for me to hear. Don't ever take that for granted because I also want to make sure that I'm giving you stuff that's actually helpful to you because that's my goal. That's why I'm here. 
So with that, I'm going to let you go listen to this episode and I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side. So let's talk three things you should never do on a sales call and what you should do instead. I thought about doing this episode because I do get a lot of questions from people about, you know, I was on the phone the other day and someone asked me this and I didn't know how to respond. Or am I allowed to give people like some advice on our sales calls? Or should my sales calls be kind of like mini previews of what it's like to work with me as a coach? So I see people struggling with what exactly they should do on sales calls, what's safe, what's not, and everything in between. So the issue really is that sales calls can land you in legal hot water too, right? So I've talked about this before, but a lot of people tend to think wrongly that you can only get in legal trouble for things that you work with clients on, right? Like only a client could sue you or only a problem could come from a client. And although that's more likely for sure, um, and and it, even that, by the way, is like highly unlikely, but if it was going to happen, it would happen more likely from a client, if that makes sense. But it can also, you know, legal trouble can also come from just somebody who reads your content, someone who listens to your podcast, right? So we have a disclaimer on the podcast. Somebody who reads a blog post, watches your YouTube episode, is on a sales call with you. Like there are a lot of different places where we're posting content, we're sharing tips and advice and all that kind of stuff um, or whatever we call it, information, education. And it's possible that somebody takes this information or they take something that you say to them on a sales call and then they go and implement it. It doesn't go very well. And then they come back and blame you for it. Right. So we need to be just aware of it. And, you know, it's not my style ever to freak you out and to be like, this is something to be terribly afraid of. It's just something to be aware of. And then we can like move on, right? So we can all take that collective breath together. I don't want you to be worried about this. I don't want you to feel like this is another stressful thing or another thing you have to be worried about. It's just something to be aware of. I'm just bringing information. This is just information, just data, right? So I don't want you to be on sales calls and feel uncomfortable or feel unsure of what you're to say or anything like that. So today's episode is uh, just a quick hit in helping you understand at least at the very least what you definitely should not do. And then I'm going to try to give you some substitutions and better ideas or safer ideas of what you could do instead. So when people sign up for your calls who just want free advice and, you know, the funny thing is that like you might not even depending on what you do, you might not even be able to give advice, period. Right. Like whether someone works with you or not, let alone on a free sales call. So it's really important that we keep this in mind. I mean, for we should always keep our scope of practice in mind. Like our scope of practice should kind of be this like, you know, little thing on our shoulder that we carry around and we're, we're thinking about and making sure that whatever we do from content to our actual programs to our to our podcast episodes, that everything's within our scope of practice, right? But remember that on a sales call, especially, or I think the other area of your business, I would probably equate this to is like when someone sends you a DM. So I, I, I talk about this a lot on Instagram about saying like, remember when people are sending you DMs, you really don't know who's behind the screen. I don't mean that in like a creepy way. I mean, like you don't know what their full story is. You don't know their full health history, their full financial history, their full business history, whatever it is, right? So we definitely don't know anything. When people get onto sales calls, yes, they might have filled out a form, but you don't have the the kind of idea behind it is like you don't have the full picture enough to give them anything more than just some 
connection, information, education, not advice, right? And in fact, you might never be able to give them advice depending on what you do, right? So what are three things that you should never do on a sales call? Number one, you should never give advice on a sales call and don't make recommendations because recommendations even are advice because essentially you're looking at like two options or something like that and you're making the decision for someone or suggesting what the decision should be. And you really can't do that without having the full breadth of knowledge like what I'm talking about. So instead of giving advice and instead of making recommendations, I always recommend to treat it more like an intake call and a getting to know you call and a connection call, right? I I like when people call them even connection calls because I feel like that's a better use of the term. Even a sales call. I mean, that's really what it's, it's there to try to make a sale meaning that you want to make the sale, but you also want to make sure that it's right for the customer and the customer wants to make sure that the product's right for them. That doesn't involve advice, right? So we want to treat it more like an intake and we want to be collecting data and information about this person. We want to be asking a lot of questions, doing more listening than talking, right? Because advice also requires you to talk a lot. So if you're running a sales call properly, you really should be taking in more information and probably just listening, holding space, maybe getting more curious, going a little deeper with some of the follow-up questions and depending on what the person shares with you, right? The point is really whether to see whether your program, your course, your product is the right fit for them and will actually help them with what they're looking for. And in order for you to do that, you have to know what they're looking for, right? So that's why we, in this sales call, we focus more on these questions, the connections, the prodding a little bit deeper than we do about the advice. If anything, you know, as you're listening to people, especially on those types of calls, and especially if you're an online coach of some sort or service provider, people are typically looking for some validation, not only in their experience, but as to like, you are the kind of person that could help them. And that doesn't come from you offering them advice on the call, right? That comes from, first of all, just listening and validating their experience, holding the space for them, but also like maybe letting them know that this is something you've worked on before or telling them that that makes sense to you based on what you've seen and what you've heard, right? Um, Maybe you can even share, depending on how deep this goes, how you have navigated this in the past with other clients, what you have seen, I think it'd be nice to offer a little hope, I think, like a bridge of hope to say, I have worked on this with other people. This is a little bit about what it looked like for them or for our work together. And here's how it's going now, right? Like, I think that would be kind of a a better way. But instead of being like, the three things that you need to do with your life are A, B, and C, right? And then it's just like, they're supposed to run off and do it. That's really not the point of a sales call, but it's also not legally safe for you because you're not yet in a position to be able to take in like all of the information that you would actually need to take, you know, to give that kind of feedback, that kind of advice. So I think about this a lot when, I mean, I don't give legal advice because I don't offer any legal services and I'm not practicing as an attorney anymore and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I sell legal templates. I sell legal products. But when when people kind of push me on it, I will explain that, first of all, this is this is safe for them, too, by the way. So you can explain this to your clients. If you like if somebody contacted me, for example, And they typically have these very like um, we have this like joke as lawyers that people like everyone will contact a lawyer, especially who does states like uh, wills and trusts. And they'll say, I have a simple will. I just need you to drop a simple will. Everybody thinks they have a simple will. 
hardly anyone does. Right. And so I feel the same way. Like when I get these emails all the time, people will be like, super simple question, real quick. Like, and then it's always like this super complicated question. Sometimes it's that they, they don't know what they don't know. And so they don't even know that they're asking a complicated question. But the point is, and if someone's ever upset about it, about me saying I can't answer that, is that, you know, I think about, I would need to know how you file your taxes, what your relationship status is, whether you have any other jobs, you know, what last year's taxes looked like, what's going on in your business, where you're located, where your client's located. Like, I would need to see your contract. I would need to read all the emails between the two of you. I would have to listen to the phone calls or interview you. You know, there would be so many things. And that's what a lawyer does. When you hire a lawyer, this is what they do. It's a little bit like investigation. They read all the documents. They talk to the people. They do the research, right? But if you're not able to do that fully for someone, then you're in no position to be offering advice, right? So, I think that it's just a good way to start off to say, don't offer advice, don't make recommendations, treat it more like an intake. And if you're wondering what kinds of questions you should ask, I'm actually going to share that towards the end. Okay. The second thing you should never do on a sales call is take payment over the phone. So I think that you, it is just unsafe for you to ever take possession of someone's personal financial information, right? And we're already dealing with so much data. And I think that people think that because we have online businesses or maybe you think you have like too small of a business or something that like data breach rules don't apply to you or like PCI compliance issues don't apply for you. That's payment card industry. You know, there you might think that these things don't apply to you, but they do. And what I always tell my customers and the people in my community is that at the end of the day, you own the business, you run the business and you are responsible for what happens as a result of your business, right? So if there's a breach, if there's a leak, if there's a compromise of some sort, you're going to get roped into this and you're going to have to answer questions and provide some documents and do the things, right? And so we want to take as many steps as possible to keep people's information safe or just never take possession of it. So I know that some people, especially some business coaches, will kind of promote you taking cards over the phone or like forcing people to pay, not forcing, but like backing them into paying, you know, on on like a Zoom call, a sales call or something like that. Personally, I don't agree with it. First of all, as a part of like the strategy, I'm just like, I want to work with people want to work with me, not because they feel like I have to give you my card right now or she'll never speak to me again. But the other reason is because I don't want to take possession of anybody's personal financial information or business financial information, right? So one of the other legal reasons is that because you're not actually seeing the card or maybe even the person, right, if it's just a phone call or something like that, it could put you in a tough legal spot because, first of all, it's easier for people to claim fraudulent charges when the card is not present when it's charged, like when it's not swipe, tap, you know, whatever. So when it's digitally input by somebody uh, who's not present with the card holder or the physical card itself, that presents some legal issues. And so I don't want that to happen for you. And instead, I would rather you hand this off to a PCI compliant, that's the payment card industry compliant software or processor, you know, so making sure that whatever you're using to process um, cards, which I would hope and assume that most of the major ones are, but obviously do your due diligence, just double check and make sure. I'm sure they say it all over their website if you Google or uh, search it on their actual website, but you just want to let them handle payment. That would be my recommendation. 
just so you know, I typically recommend that after a sales call, you follow up um, with an email. You can even automate this process, but that you follow up. And if the person, by the way, says yes to you, you know, on a sales call, you would follow up by saying, great, here's a here's a link to your contract to review and sign at your convenience. And then here's the link to your payment. You make both of those available at the same time because people need to know what the terms are of something when they're agreeing to it. They can't only see the terms of the contract later after they pay, right? And so we would send them this or, you know, it can come from two different emails, but the idea is that it gets there, you know, roughly at the same time, or at least that they have the opportunity to review your contract terms before paying. And we let them use the processor that you use, like PayPal or Stripe or whoever. So that's what I would do for number two. Instead of taking payment, I would allow somebody else to process this for you. Just don't even run the risk of taking possession of people's financial information. Okay, the third and last thing that you should never do on a sales call is to let the person that you're on the sales call with take the lead. And this is really easy to do, especially if you're like me and I am the most non-confrontational lawyer on earth. Um, I don't ever say anything about anything. One time I actually was on a podcast. I was on a, I was being interviewed on someone's podcast and we were like several minutes into the podcast when I realized that this person thought I think she thought I might have been someone else and in fact thought I was an accountant. She thought I was a CPA and not a lawyer. And I had honestly considered not saying anything <laughs> like not because I wanted to pretend to be an accountant. I would have been really in in deep doo doo when it came to like having to offer any substantive advice, um, although I did take tax law in law school. But and it was on the bar, but I just didn't want to offend her and I didn't want to say anything. And it felt so direct. <laughs> if that tells you anything about me and my personality, by the way, I did. T- I did like very softly and quietly interrupt her to let her know, um, I'm a lawyer. I just wanted to let you know. Um, and I felt terrible about it. And so (laughs) with that being said, if you're like me and you want people to be happy and you want to like smooth everything over all the time, or you're just like newer to business, I, I kind of, I remember like when I first ran sales calls, I felt like they just would sometimes run away from me. I think with time you get better and better. But I have a couple of tips for you, if you don't mind, about how you can take the lead in a nice way. Right. And I think it actually helps the conversation to be more productive and like to move forward and to actually get the information that you need, let alone to also be legally safer for you. So really, you want to take the lead in the conversation off the bat. Every once in a while, there there will be somebody who you get onto a sales call with and they're like, hey, Sam, great to meet you. Okay, so here's my like 37 questions. And then they just start off. Right. Those are the ones we have to like really wrangle in, but also you can control it a little bit from the beginning. You can control the flow and you can set the boundaries. That's those are really the goals, right? With not allowing the other person to take the lead. So for me, at least when I used to run sales calls and the way that I teach customers inside the ultimate bundle now and everything is that I like to start off by introducing myself, right? And this is not like your life stories. This isn't like how when you were seven, you like did the, you know, you were in gymnastics or something. This is like a, like, I just want to let you know, maybe like how I'm qualified or what I do in the name of my company to remind people. Um, and really you're kind of like, I help statement, a brief thing. So maybe like a, Hey, you know, it's so nice to meet you. Um, hopefully, you know, by now I'm Sam, 
I am an attorney. Um, I turned entrepreneur, so I was a practicing attorney. And this is where I would use your story, especially for those of you who are navigating scope issues, right? And you're trying to explain to people like I have a ton of people in the Ultimate Bundle um, who were doctors and nurses and lawyers and accountants and all kinds of things who then are trying to navigate the scope of practice and like explain what they were without also making it sound like you're then acting as that person, right? So just saying something like, um, so I'm not sure if you had a chance to read anything about my background, but I used to be an attorney and I left the law in 2017. And so I offer now basically two options. I have legal templates um, that you can purchase a la carte. And then I have my ultimate bundle. And um, I spend my day helping people to navigate those products and creating content that's helpful for people to legally protect their businesses. And um, I'm just so glad to be here. And now I'd love to know a little bit about you. Like, what do you do? Or it depends what you do. So for me, I would start off by saying, can you tell me a little bit about your business? And so in those conversations, in those first sets of questions, I was really asking for like data and information, right? And I was taking notes on all of this. And I actually have a Google Doc of like thousands and thousands of entries of these calls that I had. So it was great customer research for, you know, as I moved forward in my business and created the ultimate bundle and all that. And I would ask them, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself or tell me about your business. Tell me where things are at. When I had my health coaching business, I would say, you know, tell me a little bit about how things are going for you health-wise or fitness-wise or wellness-wise, whatever they were coming to me for. And depending on how the person answers, because some people are a bit more like forthcoming than others, you might want to say something like, if it doesn't feel like it's enough information, you might want to say something like, awesome. Like, thanks so much for telling me that. Or like, that sounds really good. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about you know, this issue. So me, you know, some people might have mentioned, like, I work with clients to help them with, I help, I help busy moms get, like, work on fitness routines. And I'd be like, that's awesome. Like, thanks so much. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about, like, how you work with moms on their fitness routines? Like, what services and products do you offer? So I would kind of keep taking it a little bit deeper, right? And when people would give very substantive responses, I would summarize it back to them. I would mirror it back to them by saying, so basically what you're saying is that you do this. Is that right? And then they would tell me yes or no. Or sometimes I'd find out a little extra nugget of information that was super helpful. Um, and I found that that way of doing it was not only keeping the flow, it kept me within the scope too, because I was asking them questions. They were clarifying questions. They were questions about getting to know them. It was kind of like right fit questions, getting to like, are they the right type of person, type of business? Is this something that they can prioritize for money's sake, for time's sake, for lots of different things, right? And making sure that they understood my scope, um, really getting clear on what exactly they were looking for. And if, if they don't know exactly what they're looking for, at least what results they're looking for, what kind of support they expect, right? and seeing if these things are matching up with what you do so far. So we go through all of these questions. I also, oh, I should have mentioned that before I get into those questions, I actually let them know very quickly how the call typically goes. So going back to review, I introduce myself quickly. I then say, 
just to let you know, um, when I run these calls, the way that it typically goes is that we'll talk for about 20 minutes or, you know, however long you're going to talk. And I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about yourself and hear about how you're doing and how things are going. And if it seems like it's a good fit at the end, I'm going to share more with you about my, like, if you have a program, you could say the program name, or I'll share more about my services. If you have like a number of different things. So I would say like, I'll share more with you about the ultimate bundle or my a la carte templates. If that's better for you, how does that sound? They'd say, that sounds great. And then I would say, tell me a little bit about yourself or your business and then go into my questions. So I think that that's like a healthy way to run the sales call from there, you know, depending on how their questions go. If you do, in fact, think that it's a good fit, then I would say, great. Like, it seems like this is why. Um, And I thought from a sales perspective, the thing that was the most helpful was pairing back specific things that they said in the sales call to what was specifically inside of my program that would be beneficial to them. Right. So they would say, like, well, I'm really getting stuck on this like LLC piece and I just don't understand whether I need an EIN first or whether I need an LLC first. And do I have to really get a business bank account and all of this? And so I understood that, first of all, clarity was important to them and like sequential steps and just knowing what they needed to do, making things very easy and clear so that they could stop wasting their time, not waste money, like chasing around a bunch of different things. They were probably like Google lawyering themselves to death. And so at the end, if I thought that the bundle was a good fit, I would connect those dots by saying, you know, you shared with me that it's felt really frustrating and overwhelming and confusing about how to do all these steps. And what's cool is that inside the bundle, I actually walk you through those step by step. And I even give you a guide a checklist that's going to help you um, navigate these things and execute them without wasting time. Right. So you really want to pay attention to what they're saying for for many different reasons, but because you can actually connect the dots for them to show them exactly how they're going to get tangible benefits from your product or services based on what they share. And by the way, if you went through all of this, if you went through the sales call and you asked all these questions and you did all of these things and you're not getting a good feeling or you get some answers that are uncomfortable or they're asking you things outside your scope and you're not sure how to navigate it, I want you to go back and listen to episode 20 of my podcast um, because in episode 20 of my podcast, I talked about spotting and avoiding um, difficult clients ahead of time. And that includes people who just aren't going to respect your scope or just aren't the right fit for you, you know, or asking you to twist yourself into a pretzel in sales calls or in emails or whatever, um, asking you to change your programs, your pricing, your availability, your boundaries, everything else. So you definitely want to go back and listen to 20 if you haven't already. But essentially, that is how I ran sales calls. And as I shared with you back in episode 20, one of the best things that I did when I was running sales calls for my company was that I implemented a little quick and easy automated three email template, three email system where once somebody would book a free call with me, I I set up the steps that I talked about in episode 20 about pre-qualifying clients to even get on a sales call with me. And that was huge. But then once they got through all those hoops, if they booked the call, um, it triggered a three email sequence that went to them that was written ahead of time, super easy. So I set it and forget it. <laughs> and it was a three email series that walked them through what the call was going to look like, what it wasn't going to look like, what I do, what I don't do, what I have to offer, 
and even asked them to look over my products before we talked, right? So that they they were familiar with the price points. Nothing was a shock to them. I wasn't shocking them on the call. They understood. And they could also prepare by coming to the call with their questions about the product itself. So we avoided completely this, you know, awkward end of sales call conversation that's like, oh, now that you've told me the price, I need to think about it. Or now that you've told me about the product, I need to go on your website and look at everything that's included to understand if it's right for me because they had already looked at it ahead of time or should have because I prompted them to. And luckily for you, I am gifting you these three email templates plus a video training where I'm walking you through how to implement and use these email templates to pre-qualify clients before they buy so that you can totally avoid those boundary barging clients, whether you end up actually working with them or just on a sales call or even in your DMs. There's a lot that you're going to get out of these three email templates. You can utilize them however you want. They're going to be copy and paste, plug and play, free email templates for you. You can just download them using the link below. It's called pre-qualify before you buy. You'll see the, the link below in the description on my website, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it down below in the description. Um, but if you download it, let me know down in the comments. Let me know if you like it. I can't wait to hear what you think. And I hope that this episode was helpful in just illuminating some of the issues that can pop up on a sales call, some things that you should try to avoid and what to do instead. So I can't wait for next week's episode. I'm so excited to see you um, in next week's On Your Terms. Until then, come say hi to me on Instagram. I'm at Sam Vanderbilt. And just thank you so, so much for listening to On Your Terms. Thanks so much for listening to the On Your Terms podcast. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also check out all of our podcast episodes, show notes, links, and more at samvanderreeland.com slash podcast. You can learn more about legally protecting your business and take my free legal workshop, Five Steps to Legally Protect and Grow Your Online Business at samvanderreeland.com. And to stay connected and follow along, follow me on Instagram at samvanderreeland and send me a DM to say hi. Just remember that although I am a attorney, I am not your attorney and I am not offering you legal advice in today's episode. This episode and all of my episodes are informational and educational only. It is not a substitute for seeking out your own advice from your own lawyer. And please keep in mind that I can't offer you legal advice. I don't ever offer any legal services, but I think I offer some pretty good information.